hope y'all like Uncool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I am joined by my Sutton super fan, best friend, and co-host, Mr. Alex Miranda. Hi, Alex! Wow, now I'm going to have to try to make up for that this episode. (laughs) I love Sutton, obviously. Everyone watching me this season is going to need witness protection. Picture me doing that with like a... Like a gun? A weird slinky. Yeah, with a gun. No, that's if I was just like a real bad member of a housewife show. Oh. Like I was oh. out to like really go after everyone that season. That'd be my thing. Like a fun bad, not like a sudden bad. No, like uh, last season everyone did me dirty. This season I'm I'm dressed in black. We are also joined by my lovely sister and our co-host, Miss Julia Baker. Hi, Jules. So my tagline is actually a tagline for Sutton. Oh, so gosh. So funny you should mention her. Wow. I'm, well, I'm the demographic for this. <laughs> yeah. All right, Alex. What do you think? If I feel like the butt of your joke, I will stare at your bear derriere. Yeah. My fave would say that. <laughs> Wait, but like, is that explaining her... The kiss my exquisite derriere, do you think it's referring... No, that doesn't make any sense. No, but she did... (laughs) Walk in on Crystal naked and bring a whole camera crew with her? Yeah, we'll get into it. And didn't walk out too quickly. She lingered. Are you saying my fave Sutton is very cavalier about butts? She is, Alex. She is. So my tagline for this week is actually an alternative tagline for Deandra from Real Housewives of Dallas. Oh. When there's a will, there's a way. And when there's an expensive lawyer, there's a new will. Oh. Of course. I mean, way harsh. <laughs> Thank you. That might be the best tagline we've ever done on this podcast. <gasps> Alex, um, after I even called you a Sutton lover. Wow, I still got a compliment. Yeah, well, I mean, you're just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that tagline is that referring to the magical will that appeared once Deandra's dad died replacing the previous will and leaving deandra everything so the funniest thing about that tagline is imagine just like her saying that just someone having a tagline that is so like against themselves (laughs) (laughs) oh man speaking about uh doing things that hurt themselves without realizing it are we ready for the theme of this week's roni oh my gosh sure Mm So this episode begins where the last episode ends with Lou throwing Ebony out of her house. And we did post this on our Instagram page. A Just a nice throwback to Luann's seasons one through three tagline, which was, I never feel guilty about being privileged. And boy, does that still hold true. Yikes. Well, you gotta remember, she's not drinking. And when you don't drink, you kind of like lose a sense of like what is happening with the times racial dynamics you know you kind of just like lose all of that yeah sonia who doesn't mind a beverage is the most (laughs) woke yes so woke what i'm saying is drinking a lot of alcohol cures racism that's what i'm saying i love sutton from beverly hills (laughs) (laughs) those two things are very true now, I have two questions for you guys. Number one, do we really think Luana is sober? I do. I honestly do. I think her vibe is much different this season. I do. And I think she definitely was that day because she was with her daughter. Okay. There's round one. Round two. 
what magical thing happened in the upstairs of Ramona's house that we went from Luann saying, I can't believe Ebony is such an angry, angry woman thinking she's better than me. Then Luann goes back to Ramona's house, goes upstairs and emerges saying, I think I have made some racially insensitive comments. I really need to apologize. What PA sat Luann down and was like, listen, this is way worse than you think it is. You don't think Heather contributed to that attitude at all? She was doing a really good job speaking to Lou in a way Lou was willing to hear her. Yes. At the beginning of the episode, I was like, wow, Heather, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. But then who else thought that, Julia? Heather. She's like, I am nailing this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it one step further. I mean, there's also the possibility that the nude model from the last episode, Kurt, who was at the table with them all in the beginning, talked some sense, but we just didn't get to see that. Did you notice that? That he was there at the table that whole time they were talking? At the no! Yeah, he was at the head of the table, just sitting there, like, smiling. <laughs> yeah, he's inside oh, okay. with all of them, just, like, listening and, like, not contributing. Oh, my gosh. I do have to say, like, I know fans have turned against Aaliyah, but I, I still like her. And... Leah's reaction to Ebony relaying the story of Lou calling her, in so many words, an angry black woman. Leah just screaming no and hiding and saying, I'm so sorry, was basically how all of us felt at home watching that entire scene. And honestly, the rest of the episode. Yes, Leah was an audience surrogate this episode, for sure. Yeah, and she was just there on Ebony's bed supporting Ebony and stayed very silent. Something Heather should have done. Now, Julia, I don't think you're being Mm -hmm. fair because Heather has worked with black people before, like Beyonce and P. Diddy. That's how she can call herself, and I quote, a member of the black community. Mm Mm-hmm. Fake black culture, you mean, Elizabeth? Oh yes, yes, yes. After Heather is telling Ebony, a black woman, all about how she, Heather, a white woman, knows all about Ebony's trials and tribulations because she's been around black people before. She's been in the homes of the core of Black America. Yes. Yes. She says, "I've been with Beyonce and Puffy," and then she says, "I've also been welcomed into the homes of like poor Black America, so I know all about your people." Is basically what she was saying. And she uses the stereotype of all stereotypes as an example of how hard Black people have it in America by citing that she was like with a Black person that couldn't get a cab. That is just like <laughs> the one stereotype that makes it clear, like, okay, so yeah, that's never happened to you. <laughs> That's such, like, an 80s thing to say. Like, I understand racism. Black people can't get cabs. Like, oh, okay. Now, Julia and I were cringing so hard at this. And at one point, we even turned to each other and say, well, at least she didn't call Ebony articulate. Joking. What a crazy and cringeworthy thing that would be. As Heather gets up, exits the room, and compliments Ebony for being what, Julia? She said, you were very articulate to Ebony. And Elizabeth and I shrieked so loud, every dog in our neighborhood began to bark. Because they were watching too. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly could not believe it. I thought it was a joke. I truly honestly thought it was a joke. I did a little digging into it. And the theory that I've seen is that 
Heather really actually did not know she was being filmed at that moment. That makes it way worse. That makes it way worse because I truly thought that she was, I was giving her such a benefit of the doubt. Like there's no way someone would do that. And it's weird because (laughs) when Heather is downstairs in the dining room still with Lou, she says, or Ebony did a really good job explaining that. That's when Elizabeth and I were like, well, at least she didn't say articulate. Ha 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 ha. Oh my God. She just said it a moment later. And again, Ebony, giving people way more grace than they deserve. When Leah's eyes look like they're going to pop out of her head, she just says, like, she means, she means well, well, I'm not even going to go there. But then, all of those, okay, Heather's just trying her best and things aren't working out. All of that goes right out the fucking window with Instagram this week. So, um, there are quite a few comments, but I'm going to read, I think, the worst one. This is on Heather's Instagram. Somebody posts that Ebony needs to go. She doesn't fit in well, and she's a race baiter, to which Heather liked and replied, I have to agree with you. Hers is not a class I want to take. She goes on to say Ebony is a total race baiter and she set her up and all of this crazy stuff. Things were edited out. It's like, girl, we saw. Which actually, Alex, that backs up what you said. Heather thought none of that was on film. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I've ever been that uncomfortable watching something. Here's my maybe hot take. I think what Heather did this episode was worse than what Luann did last episode. Oh, yes, yes. A hundred percent. Here, Alex, I'm going to yes and you. Because what Lou said really was just being ignorant, not realizing the word angry means different things in different situations in terms of race. Okay, yes. Heather walking around like she's got it all figured out. She has firsthand experience with racism, just like Ebony does. Acting like she's on the same level as Ebony, Mm. where Lou says... I'm embarrassed. I clearly have a lot to learn. I know I've grown up in a certain way. I should have figured it out by now. Oops. And Mm -hmm. Heather says, I have nothing to learn. Let me teach you, Ebony, how to survive for this world. She's an evolved being. Well, like Leah says, she just inserts herself into every single conversation where Leah has proven that she can stay silent and she doesn't even have to take a vow of silence. She can just spontaneously know when to shut up. Which is funny because that's that's a big criticism against Leah is that she's on her high horse and on her soapbox all the time. But in a time when Leah could have been on her soapbox, she remained absolutely quiet while Heather just dug the most embarrassing hole. (laughs) Heather's the best thing that could have happened to Leah because Ebony was already taking her spotlight. Why is Heather here in the first place, actually? Why? A friend of Ramona. That Mm -hmm. That was her Chiron this episode that I noticed. And she's starting all this shit about them on her podcast. So the producers yeah. thought, well, obviously this will start some shit. They didn't imagine it going this way, I'm sure. No. no. <laughs> I can't believe it. Sonia, two for two. Two episodes in a row being the MVP. Oh, what a great showing for her these last couple episodes. Truly, I'm, I'm, I feel so happy for her. her hitting on the guy, the fishing man. Ebony's talking to her about how her friends kind of put her down. It was funny. I didn't think that. And then the editor slapped me in the face with, yeah, here's Lou calling her like a worthless piece of shit mere moments ago. Elizabeth, how did you forget about that? I'm giddy with delight to witness this Chicago matchmaker in action. Yes, me too. I'm loving the Sonia Ebony matchmaker Mm storyline. 
I need some some light, airy, ebony time where she's not being yelled at by Heather. One stray thought before we leave. One of the great examples of you just can't write that shit with a Bravo show is uh, in reference to when Ebony is saying, oh, well, like none of you called Leah angry when she stormed out. And Ramona says, well, she's getting a pass because her grandmother's dying. And Ebony says, so is mine. <laughs> So good. So perfect. My thought, and we never actually got to see how this played out because Ebony didn't come down to dinner to the cooking class, so we never got to see it. But Ramona, bold move, had a bikini-clad apron for her cooking class and had bought every single woman there this risque bikini-clad apron. (laughs) So I asked Julia and her husband, are they all going to be white bikini clad aprons or is one of them going to be black? To which Julia's husband replied, which one's worse? And we never got to see this Mm -hmm. go down. And so I would like to say that Ebony saved Ramona this episode by not attending the cooking class, therefore not making the cooking class worthwhile to view. I think 100% they were all white. Well, if Sutton had gotten them, they would definitely be all white because I don't see color. Do not besmirch my Sutton. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should we move on to Sutton City? Sutton's town. Sorry, Kyle. So we don't even have a Kathy corner for Beverly Hills this week because Kathy was not just being Kathy. I don't know who this imposter was. She was normal. She was saying things that made sense. She felt like an outside observer in like a good way where she understood what was happening, commented on it. Everyone loved her for it. She showed up to the boat excursion. Her only comment that stuck with me was when they all were saying, okay, good. We've forgiven each other. She said, yeah, but we'll bring it up in two days. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Which and is like, like a funny, normal thing to say, I think. Yeah. She wasn't putting eardrops in her eyes. She wasn't chugging a Mountain Dew at 4 a.m. Although, there might be one thing that she did this episode, actually. <gasps> when Erica comes out in her outfit before they have dinner and Kathy says... Oh, I know that. That's you're actually supposed to unzip it and unbutton it. That's the style. I think that was a prank. Then Erica then un- fully unzips and unbuttons her pants and has and like pulls them down. I think that was a prank. <laughs> if she had a weird moment at that this episode, it was her pranking Erica in that moment. Oh, well, she pranked me too. I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, wait, is Erica's fly open or is Kathy trying to get her to open her fly? Which which direction are we going? <laughs> All right, should we talk about? Sutton. If you must. There's something wrong with Sutton, right? It's not fun to watch. It's stressful. It's like watching a middle schooler have a breakdown. I'm catching up on Beverly Hills. I'm new to it. But from what I understand online, Sutton was like a fan favorite until this. Is that correct? Yeah, but I don't really know why. Did you notice, though, the flashback that Jarit had where... Mm-hmm. Sutton was saying, you've played with the mouse, now let it go. That was very weird last season. That fits into her okay. weird thing with Crystal, mm-hmm. like what's going on. That that was like our first clue. I think people liked Sutton because Teddy announced she was pregnant. And then Sutton went, ugh, you're already so boring, which we were all thinking. So I think maybe that's how Sutton got into good graces. But... She did also have a breakdown in like a Louis Vuitton or something. Yeah, she's been having issues. When she had her roller and was being called crazy 
and then saying, how dare you call me crazy while rolling her face so she wouldn't cry. A very crazy, crazy person thing, to, thing do. to do. Absolutely. I saw Sutton as a young child deciding that she was car sick and making a big deal that she had to sit in the middle so she wouldn't be car sick on every ride. Do you know this kid? Yeah. I think she yeah. loves attention and loves being the victim. And I think it's just not fun to watch an adult No, do it's it. sickening. Julie, that's not fair. She just sold her house and everybody knows closing on your house means racism. That's how you become mm-hmm. racist is you sell your house. You sell your house and you stop drinking. <laughs> if you've sold your forever home, that home in fact is no longer your forever, your forever home. home. <laughs> Another crazy thing to say. She looks so happy packing up in those flashbacks, too. It was really funny to flash back to her being like, all right, out of here. (laughs) Do you know who another crazy person is who isn't getting called out for it enough? Rena? Rena. Rena has had some wild moments this episode. Um, Are we going to talk about... The rape story? Oh, yeah. the rape we story. won't talk about the rape story. I'm so- sorry for listeners and you too. Can you fill me in on like what specifically she's talking about with Denise? That she's making this wild comparison to her husband's former friend story with? So Alex, that's a pretty shaky bridge that I'm not sure I have made. I don't know if I got that connection. Here's a backstory for the backstory. This is why the bridge is shaky, Alex. This is not a nice smooth okay. path. So okay, <laughs> last last season, the big drama that was teased was that this information happened to fall in the housewife's laps that Denise and former housewife Brandy had hooked up at some point. And you're like, that's not a storyline. I really could care less. To which all of America replied, yeah, me too. We don't care. But the housewives like lost their shit about it, but they couldn't be like, ew, you had sex with a girl because you can't say that on TV because it's homophobic Mm -hmm. so instead they turned it into a you cheated on your husband and it somehow turned into brandy saying i was coerced into staying with denise and then she's like oh we were gonna have a rollaway bed and now there isn't one and next thing i knew it the the r word was never thrown out Mm -hmm. there but it was like very lightly insinuated But Denise is like, what the fuck are you talking about? But that was the weird thing about last season is nobody is pointing at Denise saying you sexually assaulted Brandy. Nobody ever said those Mm -hmm. words. They just said you were really good friends with Brandy, to which Denise said we weren't that close. Okay, this makes sense to me now. It does? (laughs) Well, I mean, because if it's vaguely like in that ballpark of like that word and coercion, then yeah, Mm -hmm. her making that comparison, it makes sense. But like her making the comparison is bad. But I understand why she made it now. Yeah, and it's also because Rena's being accused by Garcelle for not being loyal to Denise. There are certain things that don't warrant your loyalty. But again, that wasn't the storyline. The storyline was this weird, veiled, homophobic thing that they tried to pretend Denise wasn't being truthful to them. It didn't make sense. If they just straight up were like, Denise, you sexually assaulted Brandy, that would be one thing. But that was never said. No. So there was more tons of homophobic white women pretending no, out and pretending to not be homophobic. It and was ourselves being like, why are we all turning on Denise because of Brandy? Why do you care? Why do you care? Yeah. And Rena says, because she needs to tell the truth. And Garcelle says, 
Why? Why? What was so wild about that moment was me with no context still felt how insanely inappropriate and awkward that was of her to do that yes. at that moment. Yeah, to quote Garcelle, you should never tell that story again. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Again, Garcelle, speaking for all of us at home, yes, a second season. What is going on? I don't want to know any of this. I do feel like Rena gifted Garcelle the most amazing moment when Rena is screaming at tons of people who don't want to get in the swimming pool that she needs to be joined in the swimming pool. And Garcelle uses this as a teaching moment to tell Rena, sometimes you just got to let it go. I can't believe Rena got that. Yeah. Also, props to Rena and Sutton. The unlikable Beverly Hills soup that was that <laughs> pool at that time. They did an amazing synchronized swimming dance. <laughs> I was so impressed by that. Now, before we get on to the text message sent around the world, I have one more question. Sutton and the Crystal, at the end of this episode, we kind of circle back to where we were at the end of last episode, where Sutton walks in on Crystal and Crystal's crying. People online are like, why is Crystal mad about this now? But I totally get it. I think it took her time to process. And Sutton's like taking every word that Crystal says and holding it against her. I think Crystal's like, oh, two can do this. I think the actual event of Sutton walking in on Crystal naked, Crystal's already feeling vulnerable because she's in a new place with new people, quote unquote friends, new coworkers. She's being attacked for her words by Sutton, vulnerable again. She's naked, she's physically vulnerable, and then Sutton marches in with a full camera crew. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how more uncomfortable you could, like, Crystal doesn't have a safe place to run to. Mm -hmm. No, and like, uh, in terms of like her hanging out with them again that night, the night before, when they were all hanging out, Crystal had nothing to do with what was going on and Sutton still found a way to make her the bad mm-hmm. person or like try like attack her for nothing. So yeah, she probably just wanted a break from that. I understand that. Sutton's being unpredictable, my fave. We all know the age old saying, best friends bring each other coats in the middle of the night. So I get it. I get That's why Sutton. <laughs> Everything Sutton does is so fucking weird. Yeah. She's like, if she's making me uncomfortable, I have no idea how Crystal's sitting across from her. Actually, I do know. Okay. Okay. I love it. Okay. I loved it. Boss move. Just her single Mm -hmm. word answer. Oof, Crystal, you got things figured out. How much did you love the Erica talking head where she said, nothing is what it seems in life and you really know nothing about anyone. Her talking heads are so foreboding. I love them. They're just shy of, I'm about to be arrested for a federal crime. (laughs) They really are. (laughs) She's really giving them so much gold with them. Performer to the end, this Erica Jane. I feel like we're watching the first 15 minutes of the movie Clue. Like, oh, there's Mr. Green. We're gathering all of our clues. And it doesn't help that the editors are basically going, See? See? After Erica says (laughs) anything sketchy. I don't really know if I have anything to say about Erica's text. I'm not surprised that's how she did it. Four days later, it's election morning. (laughs) It's a quiet morning in Los Angeles. Nothing big is happening. (laughs) One of the great cliffhangers in television. Oof. You guys ready for awards? Yes. All right. Awards. 
I'm going to go first. My award is Get That Girl a Mikey, named after Erica Girardi and her stylist slash choreographer. choreographer, Mikey, who is constantly at her side, keeping her up to date with all the latest fashion and hip lingo. I give this award to Sonia, who clearly has had herself a Mikey because Sonia was very up to date to a woman who spends nine months out of the year in a desert with no self-service. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, Sonia. I guess you don't need yourself a Mikey. You got yourself a Mikey, but maybe loan your Mikey out to somebody else because the rest of your cats mates sure need one. It's all those interns. Or bathtub maybe. interns. Alex, your award. All right. So sometimes in these Bravo shows, we get like a little tangent here and there, just, you know, fill the space to pad out the time of the episode. Just some random character giving you information that's neither here nor there. So my unnecessary information award goes to the first mate Ruben in Beverly Hills this week, who spends about 20 seconds giving us information about the house they pass by and how a woman lived there and owned the bay. And then we hear the woman comment on how cool that was, and it goes on way too long. (laughs) But hey, I appreciated that little information. It was unnecessary, but I liked it. So congrats, Ruben. Alex, you were clearly not watching the first 15 minutes of Clue like I was, because I was looking in those trees. I was looking for a lawyer or for the FBI agent coming down. I'm like, there's a reason we're lingering on this random ass house. And all the women are like, ah, hmm. Mm, Yes. Did you hear what he said? And then they retell the story to each other. Like, we know. Julia, your award? My award is the Cameron Westcott Hula Hooping is My Party Trick Award. And I give this award to Aaliyah's arms and her neck because she did not hula hoop around her waist per se, but her neck and arms did get some amazing hula hoop action. So congratulations, Aaliyah. And also, Cam, this award I think might be your legacy award as I don't think you will be gracing our screens ever again. Now, I am shocked, Cam, (laughs) isn't fired yet. I'm surprised that show's not canceled. Cam sold. Mm. How <laughs> oh, Cam sold like oh, it. Uh-oh. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.